this is Steve with Life Worth Living. You know, in today's podcast, we're going to look at six sources of doubt. And really, you know, before we get into those sources, though, I'd like to just explore more of, you know, what doubt is. I Doubt has been plaguing me lately, and then I've come to realize it's actually plagued me most of my life. But you know what? Here's the thing about doubt. Doubt keeps you from receiving what God is giving you. You see, God is constantly trying to give us things, give us encouragement, even material things that we need, answers to problems that we have. But our doubt literally keeps us from receiving what God is giving. Think about it. If you know anything about the Bible, anything about the stories in the Bible, Peter uh, asked Jesus, he was in a boat, and he asked Jesus, can I get out of this boat and walk towards you on water? And Jesus told him, yeah, get out of the boat. And Peter got out, started walking on water. But listen to this. Doubt kept Peter from finishing his walk on the water. He started seeing the wind, if you could. Actually, you can't see the wind, but he saw the wind. He saw the effects of the wind, and he began to doubt, and then he began to sink. Um, You know, doubt kept the children of Israel from entering into the promised land the first time, and they suffered for another 38 years because they didn't receive what God was trying to give them. Doubt is terrible. Doubt is is possibly one of the most evil things we can possibly have in our lives. Doubt keeps God's wisdom from reaching us. The wisdom that God is trying to give us, doubt actually keeps that wisdom from reaching us. And to the extent that we can can re- re- we can receive it. In other words, we don't receive the wisdom that God is trying to give us. Now, look at this. Look at some of the aspects of what doubt is. Doubt is to actually waver or or fluctuate in our opinion. There was the uh, prophet Elijah in front of the, the Israelites when they were trying to decide were they going to follow a demonic idol called Baal? Or were they going to follow the true almighty God? And in 1 Kings 18, 21, Elijah told the people and asked them, he said, how long will you waver between two opinions? See, doubt causes your opinion to fluctuate from one extreme to the other. Doubt also keeps you in suspense and uncertain and undetermined in what you will do. I don't know about you, but I despise being suspended in uncertainty. I want to know with certainty what's going to happen. Well, doubt does precisely what you hate. It keeps you suspended in uncertainty. Doubt produces fear. Doubt also causes you to be suspicious and distrust. So if you doubt someone, then you'll be suspicious of them and you will distrust them. Well, if you doubt God... You'll be suspicious of him. You'll be suspicious of his motives, of his intentions, and you'll distrust God. And that's that's what's so really perilous and dangerous about doubt is it causes you to distrust the almighty God who loves you, who cares for you, who has his 
affections and eyes set upon you, we can't afford to doubt God. Doubt causes us to hesitate in believing, in believing God. So here's some kind of random thoughts about doubt as as I've read through the Bible and I've scratched down some thoughts in my in my journal. And the first one is this in Matthew 21, 21, Jesus replies um, to to some folks he was speaking to. He says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is was done to this fig tree. And, and let me pause there and explain this. What happened is, is Jesus had come up to a fig tree to, to f- pluck some figs and eat them, and he found it to be unfruitful, and, and he cursed that fig tree. And in short order, in a matter of hours, that fig tree withered up. And so as Jesus and his disciples were passing back by that fig tree, the disciples were shocked to see how quickly Jesus' curse had taken effect on this fig tree. And so Jesus was saying, look, guys, if you have faith and you don't doubt, you will not only be able to do that to this fig tree, but you will also be able to say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Matthew 21, 21. And, and so what I get, I get many things from this verse, but what I get primarily from this verse is if you doubt that mountain, that obstacle, that impossibility that faces you day and night is going to grow roots and it's going to remain there indefinitely. And you will be faced with your impossibility potentially the rest of your life. But if you say, I am no longer going to doubt God, I'm going to have faith in God, that that belief, that faith is going to uproot that mountain and get it out of your way so that you can move forward in life and you can move forward closer to God. But doubt roots our mountains, our impossibilities right there in front of us so that they will never move. We, you and me, we've got to get rid of our doubt. We've got to refuse doubt. Here's another interesting scripture that comes with some insight about doubt. It's in Luke 24, verse 38. He said to them, Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? And here's what I get from this scripture. When we doubt, we're troubled. We're troubled in our thoughts. We're troubled in our emotions. We have that kind of proverbial dark cloud over us and we're troubled doubt troubles us let's throw doubt out the window and stop being troubled john 20 verse 27 jesus is talking to a person that we refer to as doubting thomas one of his 12 disciples who had trouble believing that Jesus had actually resurrected after he'd been crucified and died. And, and he says to his, his disciple, Thomas, he says, Thomas, put your fingers here. In other words, in his side where, there was, where he had been wounded by that spear. See my hands, he tells Thomas. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And then he tells him, stop doubting and believe. And God's telling you the same thing. Stop doubting and start believing. See, doubt 
is a choice that you make and believing God is a choice that you you make. You aren't victim to doubt. You have decided to doubt. Now it's I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that doubt is a is an easy to d- decision to stop making and that believing is easy. I'm just saying it is in fact a decision that you make and you can stop doubting with God's help. You're not going to be able to do it by yourself. There's a man in the Bible in fact that said I believe Jesus help me with my unbelief and that man started believing and in fact God answered that man's prayers and healed that man's child so doubting is a choice in Acts 12 verse 11 it's this is a story of Peter who was imprisoned and was most likely about to become a Mount Martyr. He was going to lose his life for his faith in Jesus. But an angel awakened him or woke him in his prison cell. And, and it says here in Acts 12, 11, that Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. And what happened there is an angel literally slapped him on his side in that prison cell and his his chains fell off. The prison doors opened and the, and the angel began to lead him out door after door out of the prison until he came to the street. Those gates opened as well and he was set free. And listen to what Peter said. Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me. You, my friend, can begin to say every morning, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his word to me, his angel to me, his presence to me, his answer to me. You can begin to say that, and I encourage you, in fact, to do that throughout the day, is to say, now I know without a doubt. You see, a lot of people believe in God, but very few people take the next step in declaring and in faith what they believe. And you need to start doing that. I've been doing this, and this has been helping me abundantly. So doubt, um, excuse me, when you begin to declare in faith, you are going to be set free from your doubt. Romans 14, verse 23 says, But whoever has doubt or has doubts is condemned if they eat, and I will explain this in just a second, if they, because their eating is not done from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. And kind of the backstory on this, the scripture here is that uh, people oftentimes were eating, they'd find out that the food that they were eating had been offered to idols. And uh, because they doubted themselves and and they tended to fall into legalism, they would say, well, I can't eat this food. This, this, this food is sinful to me. And what the Apostle Paul was saying is, when you have a matter of conscience, trust in God. Don't trust in legalism. Don't trust in do's and don'ts. But, but eat with faith. And don't worry about whether this food has been offered to an idol or not. And really what I get from this, from this set of scriptures is that doubt leads to legalism. 
And legalism immediately leads to shame and self-condemnation. Don't doubt God. Trust God. Trust that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for you is all that you need to be a righteous person, to be a justified person, and to be, therefore, a shame-free and condemnation-free person. Here's another scripture about doubt. James 1, chapters 5, or excuse me, verses 5 through 7. And I want you to look this scripture up for yourself. Read it for yourself because I'll tell you what, this scripture changed my life a few years ago. Absolutely transformed my life because I had believed a lie up until the time that I read the scripture. Let me explain as I read this. So James 1 verses 5 through 7 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Remember this word given. When you ask for God, wisdom from God, he will give it to you. Now, hold that thought and read verse 6 with me. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from God. So you get this, verse 5 says, you ask, God is going to give. But if you doubt, you won't be able to receive what God is giving you because you doubt God. You see, let me put this into perspective. All my Christian life, I believe that if I doubted, God wouldn't give me anything. But that is not the truth. If you ask God, the Bible is very clear about this. If you ask God, he's going to give it to you. But you have to be in a position to receive what God gives you. Many people ask for peace, but because they doubt, they can't receive the peace that God is giving them. Many people ask for wisdom, as the scripture describes. God gives them the wisdom, but because they doubt, they can't receive the very wisdom that God is offering them. And I'll tell you, this goes for material and tangible things as well. Many people ask God, and God gives them that tangible answer, but because they doubt, They don't receive it. Unbelievable. Doubt actually cuts you off from God's blessings, God's answers to your prayers, God's miracles in your life. You and I, we've got to get rid of doubt in our life. Now, here's the good news. It's good news and bad news, actually. The good news is this. You and I, we will doubt. You will doubt at times in your life. But look at this scripture in Jude 22. Now, one thing about Jude, it's one chapter. So when I say Jude 22, it's verse 22 and the only chapter that's in that book. But listen to this. It says, be merciful to those who doubt. It's instructing Christians to be merciful with one another when their, their, their fellow Christian doubts God. And what I get from that is that God is merciful to you when you doubt. Don't throw up your arms and think, oh, God doesn't love me because I'm a doubter, because I doubt. Look at what he did with, we've already mentioned this, with Thomas. 
Jesus was merciful with Thomas and helped him begin to believe. And Jesus was merciful when Peter began to sink in the water. He reached his arm out. He pulled Peter out of the water, put him on the boat. But he did ask him, why do you have so little faith? Why are you doubting me? So Jesus is merciful to those who doubt. And he helps them overcome their doubt. So here's some keys to overcoming your doubt, that the doubt in your life is this. Here's first and foremost. Decide to be influenced by God instead of being influenced by your fears. I recently, uh, and even now, am kind of going through a trial, a difficulty in my life, an impossibility that I face morning after morning, night after night. And the Lord told me at the onset of this trial, this difficulty that we're going through right now, He said, Steve, I want you to not react to your fears. I want you to react to my word. I don't want you to be influenced by your fears. Instead, I want you to be influenced by my word. We have got to be influenced by God. And as we do so, we will naturally stop doubting him because we've decided to be influenced by him instead of our fears, instead of what we see, instead of, uh, of dangers that might be approaching us or that we might be concerned about. I'll tell you this, you know, there was a study done a long time ago that, that uh, analyzed people's worries. And it turns out that over 90% of our worries never even happen to us. So we can't allow our worries to influence us. We have to let God Almighty, His promises, His Word, uh, His spiritual laws, let those influence us instead of our worries and our fears. Here's another thing about doubt. Doubt is a seed that's planted by the enemy in our minds that questions God's truth. Let me say that again. Doubt is a seed that's planted by the enemy through questioning God's truth. And, And the best example of this is Eve. She was there in the garden and all the, all that snake did, all that Satan did was simply to ask Eve questions. And it it produced doubt in her mind about God's truth. We can't afford to doubt. We can't afford to, and let me tell you what, what doubt is. Doubt is just a series of what if questions. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't happen? And before you know it, we're plagued with doubt to the extent that we're paralyzed and can't move forward with Jesus, can't move forward with our lives because we're plagued with doubtful what-if questions. We need to kick doubt out of our life. It's not worth it. It's not doing us any good. Um, We need to trust and believe in Almighty God. Doubt certainly leads to hopelessness and helplessness. We've got to get rid of doubt. So here are six areas or six sources of doubt. And when we drill into all six of these, it empowers us to begin to believe God so that doubt isn't some nebulous um, 
hard to pin down thing. With knowing these sources of doubt, we can begin to pin them down and do the opposite of doubt, which is to believe God. So here they are. The first one is one that to this day, after decades of being a believer and a Christian, I still struggle with this source of doubt sometimes, and it's this. Does God exist? You know, am I high? (laughs) You know, do I go to church, read the Bible, and then is this all just a figment of my imagination? Does God really exist? Even as a Christian, a, a Christian who's lived his life for the Lord, uh, the, the lion's share of my years has been living for, for, for the Lord, thankfully. I still struggle with this sometimes. And then I go back to all the good things that God has done for me, all the supernatural miracles that he's done for me, all the evidences of his existence in my heart, my life, and my mind. And I'm reminded once again, yes, God exists. But it doesn't just stop there, okay? Uh, this this first source of, of doubt is a, l- a little bit more extended than just God's existence. It goes on to, to, to state this. Does God exist and is he proactive in my life? In other words, is God just kicking back and waiting for me to take an action? Or is he taking the lead, making the charge ahead of me, and guiding me proactively in all the areas of my life? The Bible says that the steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered of the Lord. God is proactively in front of me, guiding me, blazing a path for me, making a way where there seems to be no way. Don't let this source of doubt get you down. Believe that God exists and that he's proactively guiding you, instructing you, and getting you to where you need to go. Here's the second source of doubt, and that is whether God's promises are true and whether or not his laws work. And this has been so refreshing to me as I've contemplated the things that I'm sharing with you right now is that God's laws work. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about what Romans 8 refers to as the law of the Spirit, the law of God. There's there's spiritual laws of cause and effect. If I do this, then this will happen. If I tithe my money, the Bible says that God will open up the storehouses of heaven and pour out so much blessing that I won't be able to contain it. That's a spiritual law. That There's a spiritual law that states that if anyone among you is sick, that they are to call the elders of the church and they were to, to, to anoint the sick person and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and God will raise him up. You see, God's laws work. God's promises are true. And we shouldn't doubt God's laws. We shouldn't doubt God's promises. But this is an area of doubt that we can have, or this is an area of faith that we can have. The third area where we can doubt God is whether or not God has all the power to overcome every impossibility that we will ever encounter in our lives. We doubt that oftentimes. 
Does God really have enough power for this monumental impossibility that I'm facing? Maybe it's a financial impossibility. Maybe it's a physical impossibility. Someone with cancer. Maybe it's a relational impossibility. Uh, uh, Two people who can't seem to get along and haven't been able to do so for years. Let me tell you what. God has all the power to overcome every impossibility you will ever encounter. The the Bible talks about it, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work within us. And the Bible says, now unto him who's able to do immeasurably more than you could think or even imagine, according to the power of that's at work within you. And that power, who is it available to? Well, Ephesians 1.19 says that that power is available to all those who believe. All those who have kicked doubt out the window and refuse to doubt their, their God any longer. You know, one, one thought about this that has just really, really impacted me is, you know, doubt is insulting to God. Now, I'm, I'm a father. I've, I have children. And if I promise them that we're going to go on a vacation and I look in their eyes and I see doubt in their eyes, that's offensive to me as a father because I've taken them on many vacations. I've kept my word many times and what I said is what we ended up doing. So the fact that they would doubt me would be insulting to me. God is insulted when his children don't believe that what he says is going to happen. Don't believe his promises. Don't believe his laws. That's insulting to God. God has all the power to overcome every impossibility, and we got to believe that that is the truth because we've experienced it many times. Here's a fourth area of doubt that we can have, and that is that God cares for me and loves me. God cares for you, and he loves you. So often the time those doubts creep in and we start thinking that God isn't good, that he might have an evil intention for us or or have something bad in store for us, that he doesn't care for us, that he doesn't love us. Let me tell you what, if God didn't even spare his son, but gave his son for you to die on the cross, to suffer for you, Isn't God also, along with his son, going to give you all good things? God loves you so much. It's an immeasurable amount of unconditional love that God has for you, my friend. Believe God loves you and God cares for you. Here's a fifth area, though, that you can doubt God in, and that is that his discipline in your life is intended to harm you. That's, that's a doubt. Does God really, his discipline, is it for my good? Here's the truth of the matter. God's discipline is intended to teach you and thereby elevate you and free you in a way that you've never experienced before. His discipline is intended to lift you up into heights that you've never soared in before. His discipline is good. It's intended to teach you. It's intended to free you. It's intended to give you wonderful experiences with God that you've never had before. God's discipline emanates from his love for you. 
But here's the sixth area that you can doubt God in. And let me tell you, I just got this just a few days ago. And I have been set free in a way that I can't even describe to you here on this podcast. And I want you to experience it in the same way. But listen to this. Christ is in me. Therefore, I don't have to doubt myself any longer. You know, doubt comes in different flavors. One thing is doubting God. And it's another thing to doubt yourself. You know, did I hear from God? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I on the right path? Am I legitimately following Jesus the way that I should be? And you doubt yourself. But listen to this. When Christ is in you, you can you can believe Christ in yourself and stop doubting yourself any longer. If Jesus is in you, he's not going to let you make too many mistakes and certainly not significant mistakes so you don't have to doubt yourself anymore because the god of the universe is living inside of you if of course you've asked him into your heart you've given him the position of lord and savior in your life if that's the fact though you've made that decision jesus is in you you don't have to doubt yourself anymore and you shouldn't doubt yourself anymore the steps i've said this already the steps of a good man a good woman are ordered of the lord god is in charge of your life stop self-doubting well i don't know about you man but these six areas have really began to crystallize and show me where doubt is trying to get a stronghold a foothold in my life and and now i'm empowered you should be empowered to kick doubt out of these various areas of your life i want to pray with you really quick that god would help you that he would encourage you and that you would begin to live a life full of faith and exclude doubt from all your attitudes all your behaviors and all your your decisions lord jesus i pray for my good friend that's listening right now Lord, I know what I've gone through, and I know that doubt is one of my biggest enemies. Biggest enemies. Lord, I pray that you would begin to free my friend that's listening right now from doubt in their life. That they would begin to experience the power of God because they are, in fact, a believer. Lord Jesus, and they are one that not only believes but takes action on their belief by by declaring what the word of God says about them by declaring what the word of God says about you and all the things that you do for us Lord give them strength empowerment Lord God and and take them to the next level with you let them soar with wings as eagles Lord let that discipline that they're going through elevate them into the heights uh, where they're much much closer with you and I thank you Lord Jesus for it in your name I pray Amen.